Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sunday Social. I'm Kelly J. Lewis. With me, as always, is Thomas Ware III, and today our guest is Misty Ahady Bodiger. She's with the education. She's the education service administrator for the Wichita affiliated tribes of Oklahoma, but she's also running for office for the Carnegie school board. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you guys um, asking me to be on today. And and it's always a a blessing and a joy to hear you guys uh, everywhere, all over uh, Indian country. So thank you. Thank you. So let's talk. I'm really excited about you getting uh, you running for office. That's something that we encourage uh, on them. Damn Indians. We encourage that on all of our shows is for our listeners and for our communities to get involved um, on that level, run for office and and make the difference there. And I love it when I see women Mm -hmm. take take that take that chance and run for office. So let's let's talk about um, let's talk about uh, where you're running for office. Office. You're running for office in Carnegie. Yes. And for our listeners who don't know, that is a um, it's a town that's about 30 miles west of Anadarko. Yes. It's yeah. the home of the Kiowas. The Mecca. <laughs> uh huh. That's right. All the Kiowas pray towards Carnegie when that's they right. get up the in dog. the morning. The dog. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it is a seat that is already being uh, taken. Someone is ha- is already in the seat, and I'm running against um that same lady, and then another one. So there's three of us running for the seat, and um, yeah, I do think the importance of us to get involved within our community is um very important, especially nowadays, because you see that little shift in the way things are going, and before. Um, there's certain ones that made the decisions within our communities and that worked, we thought, within our communities, but it didn't really work because we always had those complaints in the back. And I'm talking the Native community in general because there's always just that little, there. it's something different, you know, and, and I think that it's important that we as Native people do just get involved in our local stuff because that's where all the decisions are made that concern your students, that's why that we're concern so, your citizens. Yeah, we're, we're underrepresented because we don't represent ourselves, like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we're just a timid people. And then you see someone, um, a woman, an Indian woman, that wants to raise her voice and everyone gets like, what? She's mean. She's crazy. But, um, you know, we, we have something to say. And I think it's time now that we voice our opinions and, and our concerns, you know. So. I like that. Just that in itself, to me, encourages young women within the Carnegie sure. School just District. Because I see your signs. They're awesome, by the way. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, our young Indian women see that. And so that that opens that up. I, I just, especially in our smaller towns in southwest Oklahoma, if, you know, and there's nothing wrong with staying in your hometown and choosing to, to work there sure. or doing whatever mm-hmm. that you want to do. But, you know, I, I hope that if, if you do stay in your own hometown, ser- serve your people there. exactly, And get involved and, yeah. and improve that quality of life for sure. your community. And then even, your, even if it's not on that bigger level, more of like a smaller level, you've got your parent committees. Um, like at the school, you've got your, um, most of them are ran by the same ones, which is fine, you know, but then we need, we need, um, different perspectives on these small, um, committees that serve our students. And I really think it's important to have those perspectives because sometimes, um, you might, your, your tunnel vision and you think that what happens to your, your kid is every kid and that's not the case. And I think if more of our Indian parents would get involved on these committees, then they would 
share their opinions on the changes that need to be made. And then sometimes some others, hopefully, if they're in good spirits, will say, oh, I didn't think about that. Or, oh, that's a great idea. Rather than us keep doing the same thing every year, all the time it gets boring. So let's talk about some of these parent committees, because you said committees, because there are more than one there. And there's that's one thing about uh, Carnegie. Y'all do have a lot of, of different uh, committee involvement. Sure. Where your students are concerned. So let's let's talk about some of these committees that parents could potentially volunteer for. Sure. You've got the JOM committee. And then um, there's that's the committee that um, Hope Worthington runs. And there's also the, the Indian Education Committee. And there's also a um, just the parent committee itself for the, for the school, for, for just this that represents the students as parents. I think that is one of the most important committees that we have at the Carnegie Schools because um, that is, that's who the school board, I don't want to say, how do I say, um, they, they're the ones that successfully lobby the school yeah, board. They, they listen, you know, there's certain things that the school board will listen to. And I think the commi- the parent committee does, um, you know, they have a voice and us, if we have uh, people of color serving on those committees, then that you're representing your, not only your student, but every other student of color, um, in, in the school system. What is the percentage of what's the native population? there what percent are they it is it's well over 50 percent i think it was 267 students out of 513 um students native students there at carnegie wow and so and that's that's another thing too that you know we i think that we take for granted a lot in our in our communities that are predominantly native we we kind of take it all for granted because it's like well we're all indians here so shouldn't the i mean shouldn't the town just want to do better for us kind of thing and it's like no 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 not not really that's not the case sometimes (laughs) and so how do we how do we and and not just for women but just natives in general what do we do to encourage our natives to vote. I mean, some some natives won't even vote in their tribal elections, but the ones that do vote in their tribal elections, some of them won't vote in the municipal elections. It's like, that's where, like we were talking about before we went on air, that's where the the decisions that affect your Mm -hmm. daily life, that's where they're made. Yeah, and I really think you've got to be a person who gives someone something to believe in because when you look at someone and they're running for office, everyone's a politician, you put them in that political realm of, oh, they're they're just politicking. They're shaking hands, they're kissing babies. Yeah, but if you are a person who has a voice and and it's a strong voice and you have something to say and you make people listen to you in a good way rather than just shouting and being angry, I think they're that's what people want to see. They want someone to believe in and someone who knows what they're talking about and they're passionate about what they're doing. Um you don't want to do something just to collect a paycheck. I mean, you want to be about something in your heart. So Let's talk about some of the things that you would do to improve the uh, students' education there in Carnegie uh, when you're elected to the school board. Um, I think that a lot of um, changes that need to be there. Carnegie's doing great things. I do have to say that um, there are some things um, going towards change that I see and I think it's wonderful. There are some things that we're still doing back in the Stone Ages, and and that's kind of things we have to open up our minds to new things. And 
I think the main thing that I would do is um, share information because a lot of times you there's things that go on at different levels and you're not um, aware of things. I think that the more that that I get out there to people, to parents, to let them know what's going on with their students, stuff that's coming down the road. There's this test coming down the road. This is what you, this is why we're doing this type of thing. Because a lot of things we do just because the state mandates our uh, teachers and schools to perform at a certain level, just, it's kind of like just to check it off their box. And that sucks because some of our students get left behind. And um, there's the Every Student Succeeds Act. It's called ESSA. And every school that has um, a certain percentage of Native students is obligated to meet with local uh, tribes and have build that relationship. And that just started um, two years ago. So we are, it's called ESSA. So like tomorrow, I'll be at um, more public schools and they're putting on this, um, they invited all the local tribes to come and say, hey, come sit down with us. We'll sit with the superintendents and the principals of all those surrounding Oklahoma City schools. They'll let us know how many of our student population, how many of our tribal kids are there. And that's the kind of information that I want to know as, as a tribe. And that makes me want to help the school district because there's a lot of times tribes have money that they can help with buses or with school supplies and stuff that can help struggling schools. And I think that in those relationship building things are important. So, and, that, and that's what's most interesting about, about you running is your qualifications. I mean, you work, you work in education for for the Wichita yeah. uh, and affiliated tribes. Yes. And so you have an understanding of, you know, these programs and stuff that I think other people may not have because they don't really have that that background. Yeah, the the importance of these meetings that we that the relationship building that we share is it's very important why? Because we have over 50% native population. That's why it's important. That's why people need to hear. That's why we need to have more natives on the board because cultural competency. It it seriously it's like we just don't eat it's like we want to just check it off our schools. I'm going to say this. Our schools treat that essa like check it off the box. Let's just let's just let the tribes meet with the Indian Ed coordinators and then check it off the box and move on. No, we already meet with the Indian Ed. I already work with them. I want to know the superintendent. I want to know the principal. I want to know what your concern is for our Indian students is how, how much do you care about about that? Because obviously you have a lot of native students here. Tell me. Or how much are you concerned? Because we're concerned too. So um, ESSA is a great way for us to build those relationships, but the schools have to buy in. They can't just send their Indian ed coordinators. They need to be there. You know, it's curious to me in this time of uh, us learning earlier this week that the Tulsa Public Schools mm-hmm. um, re- restructured their Indian education department, basically... I don't know, dismantled it. Mm -hmm. And so with Tulsa being this giant school district, having all of these native students and that coming down the pike, do you see that like having a ripple effect through the smaller schools? Oh, I totally, I can see that. Just like the shift in impact aid, for instance, Carnegie used to get tons of impact aid money um, for our native students, but we get none now. Why? Because of housing in Carnegie, there's no, you know, there used to be the fry bed flats is still there, but um, it's not trust property anymore. So it's like, we don't get any money for it to help 
that goes back into the schools. So we're just like, well, what can we do now? If we had those tribal relationships with the schools, then we can voice this concern together. And then maybe the tribe can, can do something. Housing can do something. We can make that help that money go up. But it's just having those understandings of things like that, you know, that we've, we've got to. And then the consolidation of schools, I see that coming down the pike too. I see schools consolidating and, and that's just a way for the state just to cut out, you know, cut us, cut the budget off and, and, and put them together. That'll be all right. You know, can we just consolidate superintendents? (laughs) They already have. Yeah, they do that now too. I know Grace Smont and I think Sorrell share a superintendent. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some, there's some states where they only have like 50 superintendents throughout the whole state. And like, there's just a bunch of school districts that they have under. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, and I think it's short-sighted of Governor Stitt. I think it's short-sighted of a lot of these. That might be his uh, Indian name. <laughs> a lot of these. <laughs> a lot of these municipalities, and it is—it's a ripple effect from Trump. You know, yeah. he sets the example. Stitt's following it, and that's that's filtering down to these smaller municipalities yes. to redistrict and re reallot yeah. reallocate their funds give it a fancy name and then just cut the funding off yeah, exactly basically. exactly do do whatever you want with mm-hmm. it because it's not going here anymore and my 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 point why they're so short-sighted is if the tribes really decided to pull all of their support from each individual school system mm-hmm. or just said you know what we're only going to take care of the Kiowa kids. We're only going to take care of the Wichita kids. Mm-hmm. We're only concerned with these kids right here. Mm-hmm. And then what? You would have non-native parents flipping out mm-hmm. because, well, why can't my kid get a get an iPad? Well, you know what? The tribes got together and said, all native kids get an iPad. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, the, and, and these are the standard iPads that everybody has to get. I mean, I the tribes could do something like that if oh, they were so inclined, if they were so inclined, but yeah. they're not. No. That's Indian people. They, they're they're going to be concerned about their whole community because because you know, and it's 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 how you learn from your grandma. It's like, well, you shouldn't have that if this kid can't have that in school. You know, it's yeah. like one kid gets it, every kid should have it. Yeah, in school. Yeah, and so especially when when the public funds are providing for exactly. it. Exactly. And and it's like I said, it just alarms me to to see people not really understand how much tribes give to these school districts, especially the smaller school districts in Southwest Oklahoma. And so how are you going to work to build, open those lines of communication? Well, and already working for my tribe, I already, it's like I would be on both sides at that point because I would understand the, the point of why we need to build those relationships. I could easily be on one side and just, pretend and that I, I'm, I know what's going on and we continue to do what we're doing. But I work for a tribe who is wanting to build those relationships. So I definitely would um, know how to and who to talk to and the connections at each tribe and every education office. And I work with them all the time. And um, it's just, especially like tutoring. Our, our kids, I got a, um, a message yesterday about Anadarko Public Schools, how they need the majority of the students that are on the need help list are our native students. Wow. And 
do I have funding for tutoring? Uh, I, I, I possibly could. And same thing for Carnegie. If I have some Wichita students over there who are who are struggling, then, you know, I think I could probably help you out there. But I don't know if you don't have that relationship with the tribes. And that's what S is all about. Hmm. And, you know, it's I've seen programs and grant programs that that do have those, like you say, the boxes like, okay, well, let's just get this done, check it off the list and go. And there's really no kind of meaningful programs built around what it's what it's really intended to do, which which is that. Yeah. Well, and for instance, our J.O.M. programs, we've been doing the same thing for every all these years, which which it, it has worked. It worked then. But kids are different now. Their needs are different now. And we've got to re- realign and readjust how where our funds are going or we'll continue to miss the boat on some things, you know. So Now, do you think that those, those relationships, you know, between the tribes and the schools, have you, have you experienced, like, because I know I think, I, think I, I probably have and I think uh, several people around have, but where – schools are kind of already soured on working with tribes because of things that happened in the past, maybe not even with the same tribe or maybe with the same tribe, but you know how it is like where they're kind of reluctant to work with the program from a tribe because of some bad experience in the past. Um, I'm not too sure about a bad experience. I really think it's more of like a giving up power type of thing. Um, the grant that the Wichita Tribe works with partnership on is the Communities and Schools Grant in Anadarko. They are doing some freaking excellent work oh, over there. Yeah, friends of the show. Man, I'm telling you, they they <laughs> go and they rock it in Anadarko. And I, at first, it was a little bit of shaky ground because Anadarko's like, "Wait, what? Y'all want to come in here and do what? And and I don't, you don't answer to me and what? And but then CIS has their own money, so you have to build those relationships, or it's not going to work. And I think that's why CIS is so successful because they've built that. We've built that relationship with Anadarko. Yet Donna and her crew are just killing it everywhere, and they're just on it. And she's the one that told me about the tutoring. She's like, "Hey, we might need some help." And I'm like, "Man, I think I can. I'll come over and tutor." I was like, "I want our I want our Indian students to be. To, I don't. You don't even have to be Wichita. I just want all of our Indian kids to to be doing better." And well, you and know, with that help. crew, they have all of them are experienced at Anadarko. Yes. They've all worked at Anadarko Public Schools. Yeah. They're seems all like. from Anadarko. Yeah. And that helps because <laughs> you know the needs already. Just like I'm from Carnegie. Well, I Anadarko know the needs. Anadarko is a different place too. Oh, yeah. And you you know, that's a, it's just, you kind of have to know Darko to be able to handle Darko. Yeah. So. Well, and just like just like with Carnegie, though, yeah, there that it's each community, especially native communities, oh, especially yeah. native integrated native communities mm-hmm. that where the population is mostly native, and we've and we've yeah, everything but, but, else thrown but in, every, but everybody else yeah. is there too, you know, yeah. Um, there each community has its own unique personality, its own way sure. of handling things, its own way that its natives are involved or not, yeah. And, you know, with communities and schools, I feel like that's one of the, I mean, all of those ladies, they are Darko kids. Yeah. They're all Dodge babes. Mm-hmm. They all grew up mm-hmm. in that in that school system just like I did. Yeah. And understanding where, the, just like you said, the needs are. And so let's talk about Native students in Carnegie and where, where the services could improve to help them. Um, I think... Native students in Carnegie are just needing some 
motivation. Anadarko and Carnegie both, same situation. You've got our parents, um, our grandmas and grandpas raising aunt, you know, aunties and uncles raising kids. Um, there's a lot of addiction, um, a lot of poverty, and um, they bring that to school. And a lot of times, okay, for instance, if I have a Native student that comes in and he's totally shut off, um, he didn't do his homework, he didn't bring this, he didn't bring that. And if you have a teacher who is... Um, knows um, how to teach our native students, then she won't just, he won't just go to ISD or he won't get in trouble. She will understand the situation that's going on at home and she will teach to that rather than teach just be, just to standards. And I think we need um, a lot of, and I've, I've asked for this last year and I think they, the Carnegie did do, Hope Worthington put this on, but doing some type of, type of um, cultural um, teaching to our teachers just to let them know this is the the dynamics of our of our our Indian families. Most of the time, you know, we're not gonna our heads are gonna be down. It's not being disrespectful. It's because that's just how we are. We're we're told to be quiet. We're told to be you know we're timid. We don't speak up, and that's not because I'm being disrespectful to you. Cultural and, differences. Yes, and also my last name is Bodiger. It's not Bediger. It's not you know and and a, and a lot of times learn to say our names. You know learn oh, yeah. to learn to learn to address us correctly. You know and and if a teacher calls me by my name correctly, uh, you know what. I'm going to look up. And I think a lot of times we don't, we just continue to go along and, and we don't really address those issues. And they're big things to Indian people. Those, those things are big. And I think that's one thing that I would really promote is having that cultural teachings to our teachers before they start in August. I think that it's long overdue. Oh, yeah. I, I think that, and especially, we, and we talk about that on the show a lot too. Indian kids are just different. Yeah. It takes a different kind of encouragement. It takes a different kind of approach. We're just now starting to see announcers that actually know how to say Indian names, like at games yeah. and stuff. You know, like yeah. Philip Goomba calling Darko games. You know, he's he knows most of those Indian names like yeah. that. You might mess up here or there. I mean, hell, I might mess up yeah. on a name here or there, some of those but names. But it's not but, intentional. Yeah. We've, we've all yeah. been to those games where those announcers just intentionally, intentionally mispronounce these Indian kids' names or say, I mean, we see it on the news all the time, these, these um, announcers with these the you know where these res schools go and and play these these non-indian schools yeah. and it's just i mean the the racism that abounds and but we see it yeah. within our own communities i mean you're you're going to you're going to ball games thomas you go to ball games all the time mm. and, I, and i'm sure that you see it you know those places that you go to where it's just like oh these and, fans and just like snyder we went was it snyder last week or the week before we had that situation too with our carnegie students every time and i didn't notice it because i was watching the game i'm a, I'm a basketball person so i was watching the game so we didn't even get to discuss this at all on the show and I meant to bring it up and we never did. Yeah. So we're, I guess every time our Indian girls were shooting free throws, there was a three guys from the other side were making um, some type of a stupid reference, you know, they think we chant a certain way. And I, I didn't notice it. I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. It's 2020. Let's hope people are changing. Obviously not. Because then someone tells me, and it was it was a, a white lady. She's like, hey, do you hear them making those sounds? It's only one Indian girl shoot. I'm like, no, surely not. Well, then I'm listening. And sure enough, 
every time our Indian girls would shoot the ball, they would make some kind of sound, some kind of chant, but but not the the white kids. So um, about that time, I noticed it. Our um, athletic um, director for Carnegie noticed it. He walked over and addressed their athletic director. That man goes and tells them to stop, and I guess they stopped. But I'm like, for reals? Seriously? Well, Sydney gets done, my daughter, and I'm like, did you guys notice that? And she's like, no. But And I, I had to tell her, I wonder how many times that kind of stuff happens to our kids that we just don't even realize it. We're just so used to it. You, that's just common for oh, us. Yeah, you just brush you know it off. that we just brush it off, and we don't even. And no, that's not okay. You just learn to have like uh, better comebacks sometimes. Man. Well, but but here's the larger the larger <laughs> issue too is not getting out of hand in public because if anybody's going to get in trouble, it's going to be the brown people. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was yeah. that was the thing, and like whenever I saw the story about it, you know, somebody had posted the story, or you were you were yeah. the one that posted the story, and we were talking about it, and somebody brought the mascot issue into it. Yeah, they were. He said one person I sat by because when this lady was telling me, and I'm like. I'm like, no. And he said, oh, no, that's not what they're doing. They're, that's like some kind of chant from Australia. Australia? What? It's like trying to brush over the fact that racism is going on, yeah. but you want to pretend that that's not. It is. And it's like, that's what we do. We just, no, no, no. You know, and but yes, and, yes, and yes. And to <laughs> me, like that, you know, that mascot issue, people think that you know, getting rid of all these Indian mascots is going to stop people from being racist at sporting events. And that's not going to happen. You know, that proves it right there that just the fact that we have Indian girls on the court is going to be enough to, to get some racism thrown at you. And that's just, that's just the world that we live in right now. Our guest today is Misty Ihady Bodiger. She is running for Carnegie School Board, and we are so excited. The election is February 11th, so that is next week, a week from Tuesday, right? Yes. So yes. make sure that you get out there and you vote. Yes. If you've, you've, you've had to have been registered for a month, but we know a lot of you out there are already registered to vote, so make sure so that you get out there and, vote. and do that. Just get up and go. Get Just out. do yeah. it. You've got, you've got early house. voting. Yeah, you can vote that weekend Absent. before. And I'm I'm doing absentee because I'll be in Washington D.C. with a group of six students at the Native Youth Summit, so I won't even be here for the election. But I've already voted, so. And there you go. So many different ways that you can do that. Now, with these last couple of minutes, Misty, go ahead and tell us why you are the best person to be on the Carnegie School Board. Um, because I have a heart for students, not just my students, every student. Um, I have a special heart, of course, for my Indian students because that's who I am. And I'm not going to say that, um, you know, pretend that I'm not because um, I have students in the school system. And even if I didn't have students in the school system, I would still want all of our students to succeed. I want Carnegie to be good. And just like I work in the Anadarko area, I want Anadarko students to be good. So I just think our students, our Indian students need to um, see someone that looks like them in a higher position. So that will encourage them to do better, be better. So, And how will you encourage our students now from this point forward to get involved in this, in this process and follow your example of running for office and getting involved on that community level? I'm, I'm going to do what I've been doing that I, I did the week before that and the month before that. I'm going to... I have relationships with our students. Um, I care about what they want. I talk to them. I have people come to my office all the time. Um, and like I said, you don't even have to be a Wichita. I want, I want you to succeed. So I'll continue to do what I've been doing before and after, even if I don't win, because my heart is for education, and I want us all to do well and to, to do good. So. 
Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. We're going to leave it right there. If you've missed any of our episodes, do catch up with us wherever you get your podcasts, or you can access that from the Talk Jive homepage on the podcast tab. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Thomas Ware III and Misty Ahedi Bodiger reminding you, get out there and vote on February 11th. Early voting or absentee voting is also available. Make sure that you get out there and vote. Have a great day, everyone.